0: Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 23. I think one thing I appreciated last week was on these long readings like this, is us just honoring the Word of God together by standing. So if you'd stand at the end of this, I'll say, This is the Word of God, and an appropriate response would be, Thanks be to God. Okay? So Colossians 2, verses 6 through 23. Lord, open our eyes as we read in your Word. Help us to see the wonderful things that are here. In Jesus' mighty name. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature or the flesh, not with a circumcision, uh, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with a circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. Such a person goes into great detail about what he's seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. He has lost connection with the head, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ, to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to them, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship and false humility And their harsh treatment of the body but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence this is the word of god thanks be to god amen okay have a seat awesome so in this letter just I'm, i'm reviewing a bit we're calling this more of jesus and paul starts off in the first section and he says look god's rescued us so that we can really live we're rescued To really live out of darkness into light out of the kingdom of Satan and into the kingdom of the son that he loves and this son is high and lifted up. He is exalted. He is the image of the invisible God, the radiance of his glory. He is above every power and title and rule and authority. He's head over the church and he has brought a dynamic grace to all of us. He's done that for us. Okay, so it's awesome. Good news. Last week. We talked about that Christ is in us. He's in us. He's done that thing. He's in me. He's in you. Christ in y'all. We talked about how the mystery of God has been revealed in Christ. We used to not know what God was really like. And then God says in the flesh, this is what I'm like. I'm not like something other than what you see in Jesus Christ. Don't pin something else on me. I'm like Jesus Christ. To see me is to see the father. And so Jesus is the mystery of God revealed. And then there's something about us together in community, the church that reveals what Jesus is like. You know, it's in the midst of us. Christ in you is where that mystery of Christ gets revealed. And it's because each one of us, college, middle age, young adults, youth, whatever, we all have a peace. We see something of how what, what his grace has done in our lives through our successes, through our hard times, through the failures, through the brokenness, through the, you know, elation of life in Christ. And together we see more, better, fuller, more fully developed view of Jesus. Does that make sense? That was last week. So today it's, I came up with a creative title, live life in Christ. <laughs> I had somebody say to me out there yesterday, "Man, thanks for just reaching Jesus." I said, "Well, tomorrow's Colossians two. It's more, <laughs> it's more Jesus. <laughs> They're great." So, um, look, one of the things that happened, I, I had read a book years ago called "The Divine Conspiracy." How many of you guys ever heard of Dallas Willard? a Dallas Willard's great teacher, died maybe two, three years ago. Went to be with the Lord, and uh, he wrote this book. And in this book, "The Divine Conspiracy," he talks about this phrase the gospel of sin management, the gospel of sin management. And he said so often what gets portrayed, portrayed as Christianity in America is really just kind of the gospel of sin management. You can be forgiven and really try not to sin real big now. And then heavens, you'll die and go to heaven, you know? And so that's a, that's a less than gospel, if that makes sense. You read Colossians and you go, well, "Wait, he's like going for something more than just kind of staying out of some sin. There's more to the Christian life than just kind of managing, you know, the really big blow-ups." Okay? So that's that's what I'm where I'm going with this, and the answer, the antidote to the gospel of sin management is a transformed life in Jesus Christ. That's where this is going. And that's the goal for us. And so it's it's not just Pray the prayer, be baptized, and kind of hold on till Jesus comes. You know, it's we do these initial things of starting to walk with Him, but then it's living life with Him all the time, seven days a week. Nobody does it perfect. You'll be surprised the things that'll float through your mind this week. Like, where did that come from? Been walking with the Lord for years, and it's still just. Woo. Gee, back up, grace of God. Let the morning bring me word of his unfailing love. You know, and I, I, that's me. I don't know about, somebody make me not feel so vulnerable and exposed. But that's that's where this thing is going, transformation. Without transformation, we are at risk to just constantly live a eking by crumbs kind of life. Just a few crumbs, you know, and just kind of, we're emaciated and you know, but God's got a big, wonderful, beautiful life for us to live in Him. So, amen. Main thing is this. God's calling us to a transformed life that comes from living all of life in connection to Jesus Christ. So here we go. First thing. And points are just right out of the text here. First thing. We are called to live in Christ. You know, really, this passage right here is the hub of Colossians. This these couple of verses here, you know, so so then. So okay, so because of all of this, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So now he's coming to the the hub piece. And before I talk about the living in Christ part, I just need to remind us as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, Okay, so there's there's a point in time where we all, we have to deal with this. And it's not, we don't make Him Lord. He's already Lord. Like, He's the Lord of heaven and earth. All authority's been given to Him. You acknowledging that fact doesn't lift Him up higher. But it changes us. It changes us, our thinking, our minds, our hearts, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. And so that has to be a real point in time. You know there's a real place, a point in time where we say yes to you, Jesus, and it's a transformative, wonderful, awesome thing, but they're really as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, you know and and a lot of times uh when I talk to people that, that maybe grew up in around a church or around in just uh Christianity in some way, maybe there was a decision when they were a kid but but a teenager or something, but then at some point. It's like, I'm in this thing for real. Jesus Christ is the Lord of heaven and earth. And there's something that clicks in that. It's like, I want to order my thinking, my life, all that I am according to Jesus. So as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, live in him. Live your life in him. You know, be rooted and built up in him. So I am 6'4". I'm something in these. Uh, these are missional. This is what missionaries wear in Fort Worth. And so I'm I'm a little bit more than six four. Wingspan. I don't know. Long. I can. No, I can touch an eight foot roof, standing flat footed. Okay, so. So I'm this. Y- y- y'all are like make a point. What are you talking about? I'm trying to be like a tree is what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm a tree right now. Theater. Where's Lucy? Don't y'all have to do stuff like this? Be a tree. She's a theater major, y'all. Okay. So, so I'm a tree and there's a lot of me above the ground, but God's calling us to be rooted and built up in Christ. So there needs to be as much of me under the ground as there is me above the ground. So what that means in Jesus is I'm I've got 6 8 feet of of depth down roots going down down with the Lord so that when storms come and I again I'm not prophesying bad stuff this is if if you somebody told you that there's no hard stuff in the Christian life then scratch that, erase that, let that file get deleted because that's not the truth. The truth is hard stuff happens. Storms happen. And the deeper we go, and I'm going to call this a secret history with God. You need, we need a secret history with God that nobody knows about. It's just us and Jesus. Week in, week out, day in, day out, sowing to the Spirit, sowing to listening to God, sowing in the Word of God, sowing in worship, sowing with, thanksgiving and joy and all those kinds of things so that when the the hard thing comes, I can stand. Rooted and built up in Christ. That's what he's calling us to. To be rooted and built up in in the Lord. Strengthened in the faith. And overflowing with thankfulness. So overflowing with thankfulness is um, Eugene Peterson in Ephesians in the message translation says that Thanksgiving is our dialect. For those who are in Christ, it's like, that's my accent. Oh, you're from Jesus. You're from Jesus, people. That's what that means. That's, that's our dialect. That's the way we speak. It's the. It's just Thanksgiving is what comes out of us. Thanksgiving. So this, this past week, I was trying to work on this sermon, and I, I wish everybody could have this experience at least once in your life because... What happens when you prepare a sermon is you have to live through, you have to live kind of through that. Isn't that fun? (laughs) So, which means overflowing with thankfulness is probably going to mean there's going to be an opportunity for you to need to overflow with thankfulness. So I'm, I'm kind of down, I'm reading that, I'm just emotionally kind of tired. And I started, I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try it. It was, it was not inspired it wasn't like I was feeling warm and fuzzy when I started, but I, I said, I'm going to start walking in my office over there, just walking, and I'm start thanking God for stuff. And it started off with like, okay, I thank you for my car works. And I thank you, Lord, for I had food today, or I'm going to have some food. It was just like no veins. It wasn't like, oh. and But after about 10 minutes of just thanking the Lord, like I started to experience his presence you know, it was good. It changed me from, da- like, and so b- by the end, I'm like, grace and the power of God and life and all those kinds of things. So it's, it's, it's a good thing for us to learn to grow in this grace of overflowing with thankfulness. This is, live this life. That's what he's saying. So, as you received him, live this way, live in Christ. Second thing, we are called also to live in freedom. Live in freedom. This is a big piece where he makes this little transition here. He says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of the world rather, and this is the key, rather than on Christ. So so freedom is something that we experience in Christ. He is the ground of freedom. And outside of Jesus, it's not freedom. So if I, whatever the philosophy is, let's say, The philosophy, it could be philosophy, religion, politics, all those kinds of things that don't depend on Christ. If they're not depending on Christ, they lead to uh, me being bound up. A philosophy would be Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Who's ever heard of this? And up at the top of this pyramid is who? Whom? Me. I am at the top of the pyramid. I am at the top of the food chain. And it ultimately gets up to, you work your way up, 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 all these needs, and then it's just, it's me at the top. So that's a philosophy that's not based on Christ. Okay? It doesn't mean that some of those things aren't true, but we want to be people that are building our philosophy of life on Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, right now we're in the middle of a, a political season, right? People are like, And there's there's a few things going on there out there that aren't depending on Christ right now, right? Maybe easier to see than ever. So I, each election cycle I, I do this, but maybe this year it's easier to see th- than normal. And so, you know, again, you can get all just bit out of shape and sideways if you read Facebook or you you know because it's opinions, man. It's just judgments and all this stuff that's not based on the life. The way, the thinking, the thought of Jesus Christ. Makes sense? Religion would be another one here. He's he's actually hitting on this thing. He says, See that no one takes you captive. The word, it's kind of a play on words here. The word for captive is, he's literally, he's kind of making a point to those who would try to get people to do the Jewish food laws, the special days, and all that stuff. So he says, See that no one takes you captive. And the Greek word is sylagog. See that no one takes you captive. Sylagog. What does that sound like? Synagogue. See that no one takes you captive. It would be like, I, I wrote an example down. It would be like, anybody ever heard of John Locke, the famous philosopher? It would be like this. Be careful that the philosophy of John Locke doesn't lock you up so that you miss Christ. That's what it would be like. Right? So he's saying, hey, make sure you don't get silagogued right now. See it? No one takes you captive. That's that's the idea. And so this the religious thing that he's warning about here is what he keeps talking about later in the passage. You know, it's not about the special days and all of those. I'll make those, those points in just a minute. But live in freedom. Live in this kind of freedom because you know it's so easy to get sucked up and just go in opinion crazy. And for us living under the authority of Jesus, we want our words to be connected to Him as much as we can in life, because it's real easy to just go opinion bonkers. And especially, just all you have to do is just share some of these wonderful nuggets of human philosophy that are being shared on Facebook. Right? That's a that's a harsh or harder way of just. I mean, blunt. I'm not trying to be harsh, but I am trying to be clear. So Jim Reynolds came to train the CFDS. On Thursday night and he said we all can kind of identify with three umpires right now the World Series is going on three umpires so one umpire is like this it's black and white there are balls and strikes I call them and that's the way it is okay I call the balls and strikes and that's the way it is and that's a lot of what you see in the world like as if what I see is the only way of seeing it the second umpire is I call balls and strikes the way I see them, okay? It doesn't necessarily mean that's always the way it is, but there is truth, and I call balls and strikes the way I see them. It's much more humble to say that, you know? It's important for us to be in conversation with each other, to hear, you know? And then the third one would be much more postmodern, and it would be there are no balls and strikes unless I call them. You know, and when I name it, then it becomes so, kind of, you know, and so you've got all of this gamut of approach to human philosophy based on tradition. You've got this kind of approach based on, you know, into politics or to religion, whatever. And so the way to live in freedom is to depend in our live in Christ, but also in our thinking in the way we. Approach politics, the way we approach religion. And when I'm saying religion, I'm not just talking about life in Christ. I'm talking about systems that we, you know, where we put the ladder up against the wall and we say, if we do this and don't do this stuff, then at the end we'll be good. Kind of. That's religion. You know, if you do the special days, if you do the diet stuff, then it'll be okay. And Paul's really confronting this in many of the letters, and he's confronting it again here as well. So that's the second thing. Live in Christ, live in freedom. And the third thing, we're called to live in truth. So the truth part is where um, this is the way things are because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. So verse... Verse 9 there, for in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And you've been given fullness. These are This is the way it is. Fullness in Christ. He's the head over every power and authority. In Him, you've been circumcised and putting off the sinful nature, the flesh. Not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but a circumcision done by Christ. Where He literally, because of Him dying, because He's the Creator, God coming into the flesh is the union of God, humanity and creation. And so what happens then when Jesus Christ dies, he dies, we die. When he's raised, we're raised. When he's ascended, we're ascended. When he comes again, we're with him. Okay? That's the this wonderful truth that he's laying out here. He says that, you know, when when he died, this is what happened. He dealt with that old adamic Adamic, however you say that, Adamic sounds bad, Um, Adamic flesh, that that old life. And so baptism then, it's a picture of, of what's going on there, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. So baptism, what Corey was just picturing there for all of us is a reminder that what Jesus Christ did for humanity he is it's it's us participating by faith in the reality of what he's done now, he died and he was raised we died we're raised with him in Christ wonderful good news so that's the truth that's the truth of it and so he goes on there he says when you were dead in your sins again here's the fact these are like facts when you were dead In your sins and in the uh, circumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. So I want to say something about timing here. Like Jesus did something that we then work out and live out in our lives by faith. Like there's some stuff. The Jesus part of this, you can't make it happen. You can't believe enough. You can't live right enough. Jesus did this. This is what God has done for us while we were enemies, while you were dead in your sins and trespasses. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So so the cross was this thing that um, you know, it was an it was an instrument of death and shame and derision and and just you know, somebody that died on a cross was usually a criminal. And we talked just a few weeks ago about the trophion, the it later becomes the word trophy. It's the Romans would take a tree looking like thing and put their conquered general's armor on it, a helmet on the tree, some of some of his some of his robes and stuff, and it look you know, they would put the trophies there. And God takes this thing that was an instrument of shame for the defeat of enemies and he makes it the exact place of victory for all of us. He deals with our old flesh, putting it to the cross, taking it to the grave, and then we get to be raised to live new life in Jesus Christ. This is ah this is awesome. It's great news. I need to hear it Sunday, October 30th. Preach it to me somebody. I need to hear the grace of God that's been given to me in Jesus Christ. I never get tired of hearing it because I'm going to need it again maybe before the sermon's over. seriously. You know we need the grace of God. we need to be told about it and hear it and live in it live in truth the way things really are and then the second point is really kind of the fourth point really is kind of like that one and that's live in reality, truth reality kind of almost the same idea. Paul goes on he says therefore. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, new moon celebration or Sabbath day. These are a shadow. Okay, these these things were a shadow. Remember, the mystery revealed is Jesus Christ. We look at everything through the lens of Jesus Christ now and don't let anyone who delights in false humility, the worship of angels. You know, a lot of what's going on here in in Colossae at the time is the. uh, The Gnostics, uh, there were beginning to be Gnostics who basically, in addition to kind of a religious kind of system of do's and don'ts and what you eat and don't eat, there's also these guys who are coming in with a system of knowledge that you had to know more and more about the 92nd layer of the tabernacles, meaning in the deepest heaven and those kinds of things. And he says, don't let people that are coming to you with this super spiritual kind of deal. The reality is Jesus Christ. Connection to the head, Jesus Christ. And everything else is like a place that you don't want to be. And so we don't get tired. We say it week after week after week. Connect life, thinking, emotions, heart, who I am, marriage, my kids, living life, my work, living life in Fort Worth, living life wherever we go to the nations, to Jesus Christ and life in Him. Live life in reality. It's connected to Jesus. Since you died to Christ, uh, with Christ, to the basic principles of this world, why do you still submit to its rules? It's, again, it's like having the ladder of our achievements pressed up against the wall of religion. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. These things are based on human teachings and commands, and there's a false sense of humility about them. What really works isn't can, because what happens is when we do this, when we do the list thing, we end up putting on our list stuff that we can kind of do decently, right? So I can kind of do some things decently and I have these things on my list, but, but maybe you don't have those things on your list and it's harder for you to do those things, but I, I judge myself based on when the very best light possible and I judge you more harshly. That's the way judgment works way judgment works and so he's saying you know what's really gonna what really helps us to live the life that we want to live we don't want to live a life of sensual indulgence but it's not don't 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 that's not gonna work living life empowered by jesus eyes on him the true treasure that cuts the root of the desire for these other things off as we're looking to the greatness and the awesome wonder of who he is and that's life that's the best life and yes when we're little kids you know we have to be told don't stick your finger in the light socket bad don't No. don't do that but as we grow up we go hey i want to live a life socket finger free life i I feel like i'm called to that kind of a freedom you know and we are make sense so wrapping this up, how do we do this? It gets worked out, this kind of life, life, living in Christ, living in freedom, living in truth, reality, it gets worked out in relationships, always does, God always planned for it to be that way, God is that way, a God of community, and he calls us to figure this thing out, living life in relationships, and it's husbands and wives, get a witness out there, it's, it's parents and children. It's children with parents. You get older, and it becomes some of that. You know, as you get enough time built up to have to deal with something that happened or whatever, forgive and all those all those issues that are the complexities of of relationships. Um, it's that way in church. You know, we have things that we have to work through. You know, Jim Reynolds was with us this past Thursday night in the in the uh, discipleship school. And, and he said, conflict happens when there's life. If you're living life in college or young adults, you know, just our, our life together, there's going to be stuff that happens and we have to work, we have to work it through. You know, it's just, this is, this is part of it. Alan Smith, a couple of weeks ago, was also with us. He said, it's easier to lead with policy than relationship. It's easier to protect with rules than with connection. It's easier to confront with punishment than with vulnerability. It's easier to manipulate than to surrender. Fear and control and blame are almost always easier. But they never take you where you want to go. They just never get you where you want to go. And so, um, you know, when Jim was on Thursday, he talked about conflict, forgiveness, and healthy communication in the church. And that's just something that we all that we all need. We we need it. One of the things that he talked about was for us as brothers and sisters in the church, and I just want to say this to not he this is what he said, to not go to your brother is actually divisive. If you've got a deal going on in your heart with somebody to not go with them is divisive. It brings it it's, it creates a, a separation that if we don't work on these things, if we don't get together, you know, it leads to tension in the long haul. And the good news is that if we'll keep turning toward one another and trying to work things out, God uses all of that. He humbles, you know, and he lets. One of the things that happens is as we share our judgments of somebody else, we get to then forgive them really quiet but I mean we don't have a choice right I I don't have a choice I'm to forgive you as I've been forgiven in Christ and I don't get to you know in the end judge who I'm gonna forgive and not forgive amen (laughs) happy (laughs) so what do I have to do how do I figure this I've got to have courage to do this, I've got to be sensitive to do it. Got to have courage. Got to have sensitivity. And if I'm floating, if you're floating, if we're floating, if I'm floating the current of what's happening in the world around me with philosophy, with politics right now, with you know, just religion, in the not positive sense of that, is gonna, that current is gonna sweep me down here, and I'll be before I, long I'll be living life based on human tradition and missing the life that depends on Jesus Christ. And that's what we're called to. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, live in him, rooted, built up, strengthened in the faith, overflowing with thankfulness. Let's stand up. Worship team's coming. We're going to take just a couple of minutes here to respond to God. Lord, would you help us today? Would you meet us, Lord, as we're praying and seeking you? Lord, if there's any of us, Lord, just that we just today's a day to re-up on your Lordship. Or today's a day to re- say, Yes, I want to receive you, Jesus Christ, as Lord. Maybe you need to be uh to identify with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in baptism. Um we can do that today or later just but but if there's a next step that the lord is calling you to i just want to encourage you guys to say yes to him just lord what what's next how do i respond and if you need help today like there's something happening in your world where it's like i need i need grace i need i need a breakthrough be finances or relational or whatever but just let the lord meet you it's great to get prayer god brings healing as we as we pray for one another. So Father, would You meet us today in Jesus' mighty name? Would You help us? Would You have mercy on us and grace? Just pour out grace as we respond to You today in Jesus' name. Lord, if there's someone, just any of us, we need to take that first step of saying yes or re-up on You being the Lord of our lives, then... Would you give us grace to do that as well? The front's open, you guys. Get prayer. And and press in. Be a just have that yes in your heart in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord.